Welcome to this week's Eccentric Minute, brought to you by Eccentric. This week's Eccentric Minute is one of my favorite exercises to do with the K-Poly, and that is the pull-through. Guys, once you've figured out about how far you need to walk out with the K-Poly, grab whatever attachment you're using for the pulley, walk yourself out there, and really push your hips back at the K-Poly. From there, when you hit that stretch, really punch your hips forward, keep your chest up, and try to extend your knees and your hips all the way through. And this is where one of the major benefits of using a flywheel kicks in, as it pulls you into a deeper stretch as you push your hips back in, into your hamstrings and your hip extensors, so that you really open it up and stretch everything out in the back. This is an exercise that I'm sure your athletes are going to love to hate, but reap awesome rewards from. I really hope you enjoyed this week's Eccentric Minute. Make sure you check them out at eccentric.com to find out everything you need about the K-Box and the K-Pulley. Being a strength and conditioning professional requires constant pursuit of better knowledge, better methods, and better means. But what if there was a place where strength and conditioning coaches could learn from some of the most innovative practitioners in the world, such as Jeff Moyer, Lachlan Wilmot, William Wayland, James the Thinker Smith, and Kirwenham Flat? Well, you could find multiple lectures from each of these top-level coaches and a few lectures and examples from yours truly as well all in the Strength Coach Network. The Strength Coach Network is going to bring you well over a hundred different lectures from some of the top practitioners in the world to be your one-stop shop for your continuing education and professional development. So hop on over to strengthcoachnetwork.com slash today and get your 48-hour trial for only a dollar. That's strengthcoachnetwork.com slash cbasps to get your 48-hour trial for only a dollar. I look forward to seeing you in the Strength Coach Network. Hello, and welcome to the podcast. Today, guys, we have an absolutely sensational discussion with Jeremy Golden to talk about the lessons that he has learned through his multiple stops and his multiple team rebuilds that he's had throughout his career. After a quick little rundown of how Jeremy got down to Charlottesville, he starts diving right in with these experiences, talking about the first program that he had the opportunity to be part of and what that rebuild with these three teams really showed him. You know, this includes like having teams that weren't even part of the weight room and didn't even know what a dumbbell was and how he taught and organized and educated and really brought them together and, and brought them into to the training environment. You know, he then shares with us how these prior stops have had a real positive impact on his present position and how it's impacting him and how he's handling his athletes through this entire grind of college basketball. This is really an awesome talk, guys. I hope you enjoyed as much as I did. Let's get right to it. Jeremy, thank you so much for spending the time with us today. Hey, Jay, it's great to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, man, stoked to get this down. It's uh. We've talked a lot. We've been known each other for a while here, and this is going to be a fun show because your guy. This is your your fourth stop now for as long as I've known you. So, yeah. for the people out there who don't know who Jeremy Golden is, you know, let them know who you are, where you're at, and how you got there. Yeah. So, I mean, I've I've been around, and you know, it's been a great journey. It's been a hard journey at times, but it's been a lot of fun. Um, you know, I started out. Um, Gosh, I started out coaching back in 2006, and I was a GA at Texas Paso briefly. And as luck would have it, I got the opportunity to go to the uh, NBA Developmental League, 
which is now the NBA G League, and go back home to Albuquerque and work with uh, Michael Cooper, who I happened to idolize as a kid growing up, being a Lakers fan, watching him on those teams of Magic and James Worthy and Kareem. So it was really cool getting to work with him. So I spent two years in the D League in Albuquerque, and then I went to the LA Sparks with him for a year, um, which is really cool. You know, you know, you walk around Los Angeles, you go through airports, and everybody's screaming, Coop, Coop, Coop. So that was really cool. You know, you meet really cool people around him. Got to meet Kareem, coach people like Lisa Leslie, um, Shamiqua Holtzclaw, some great players. Um, then after that, I got in the college ranks. Um, was at Colgate brief, briefly. Then I was at Cornell for six years. Um, spent six years as an assistant at Cornell and worked with pretty much everybody but basketball. I was with soccer, rowing, women's hockey, baseball, golf, um, lightweight football. So people don't know sprint football is 175 pound and under football. And so I spent a year with them. That's a, that's a hard team to train, but you know, really rewarding because you got kids who really just want to be there and want to try and they try for you. And that's all you can ask for. Um, after that, um, it's been a little crazy. I was at Providence and then I spent two years as the director at Santa Clara university. Um, another stop that I'm sure we'll talk about that, a very influential stop for me. Um, was really big for me being there and then um, had to move back to Albuquerque, take care of some personal things. Um, and I was lucky enough to get a job at University of New Mexico, um, which was great. But then uh, this summer, University of Virginia came calling and it was such a good opportunity to be a part of a building program and something that I thought is going to go really far down the road and to be on the ground floor of that, of a new coaching staff and, um, a school that is just putting a lot of resources into winning and into being great. I was like, I got to give it a shot. So uprooted myself again. And here I am in the beautiful state of Virginia. Yes, man. Down here in the Commonwealth from bouncing back and forth from the left coast, all the way over to New York and Pennsylvania, and then back over to the left coast again. And back here, there's, there's been one thing that you've, had the, the fortune and the, the yin and the yang of, let's say, of coming into, and that's rebuilding situations. Yep. And, you know, when, when this comes out, this is going to be like the second week of January. And, you know, it'll, it'll be right in the middle of, what do we call it, the coaching carousel for football, when yep. people are doing and going through this exact process. Yep. So let's talk a bit about that. Let's talk about a couple of these stops and, and some of these processes that you've been part of. Okay. Um, I think I'll start with Cornell. And I was mentioned to you before we started about how important Cornell was to me. Um, you know, I inherit, I basically, when I left Cornell, I had eight teams I was running myself. I had over 200 athletes. On top of that, I was in charge of our student employees of the weight room. I oversaw 14 student employees. So on top of coaching eight teams, I was also kind of an HR guy for them too. I had to do a lot of the stuff to get them paid and get that ship uh, running smoothly. Um, but I think the the key thing for me of Cornell is the three three teams I inherited: women's soccer, men's soccer, women's rowing. I had my whole time there. They were all building. I'm talking rebuilds like I've never seen before. Um, men's soccer coming off a one and fifteen season when I got there weren't even allowed in the weight room. They just they just flat out were not allowed in. And um, I had to come in and prove to the strength and conditioning staff at the time that, hey, they're worthy of another chance, one, 
Two, here's why it's going to last. Here's why it's going to work. And that took not only work for me, but the head coach buying in. And I was really lucky to have a really good head coach who and good assistant coaches who bought into a point where almost I was like, coach, we got to back him off today. Let's not lift today. Let's not run today. That And that's a good problem to have. Um, women's soccer, I always joke around, didn't know what a dumbbell was. I mean, they had no clue what a dumbbell was. I'm like, guys, it's that thing over there with the 10, 20, 30 on it. And I'd, I'd write dumbbell bent on the sheet and they would grab 10 pound dumbbells. I'm like, I've got some work to do. So, um, but that was another one that was a lot of fun because I showed interest in their sport and I love, I love soccer. I think soccer is a great sport. So I started going to games. I started asking coach if I could travel with them when my schedule would allow and budget would allow with them, like day trips, whatever it was. Um, and I was able to really help turn that program around into something that where the weight room was a big part of it. Um, unfortunately for the women, it didn't transfer as much on the field and wins and losses, but the injury rate went down. Um, the the play went up, the quality of play went up, also the quality of schedule went up too. But um, men's soccer, you know, 2012 won the Ivy League title, finished 15 and two, lost a heartbreaker at home to Syracuse in front of the largest crowd, I think, in the history of Cornell men's soccer. We had like 2,000 people out there. I mean, they had to add bleachers. It was great. It was freezing. It was like 25 degrees that night. Um, and then another team I inherited, women's rowing, probably one of the most fun groups I've ever had. Um, when I first got them, they had 60 athletes on that team, all of varying levels. Some who were decent in the weight room, some who, you know, if you put a bar on their back, they were going to crumble. Um, and, you know, I walk in first the lift I have some girls wearing sandals. I'm like, what are you doing? She's like, that's how I lift. I'm like, not in here. You don't We wear tennis shoes. I've never been told that. You can't lift in tennis shoes. I mean, those kind of things were happening. I'm like, what is going on here? But you stay with it, and you get to know the athletes. And that's one big thing I always try to do is I want to build the relationships, not just with the coaches, but the athletes. And with women's rowing, I started asking them a lot about their sport. And I think they felt like they were kind of like the forgotten sport. They didn't, you know, and they didn't get a lot of attention. So I started going to their practices. I started asking the coach if I could go on the launch boat with her during practice and just watch them row. And I started asking just a lot of questions. Then I started asking the athletes, hey, put me through a workout. Put me through an erg workout. Show me what you're doing. Teach me how you're doing this. And fast forward four years, 2012, they finished number 13 in the country. Um, I've got through, see, two athletes on that team are now on the 2020 Olympic team. Another one is is fighting for a spot. So just really rewarding to see how that grows. And it's something that I don't think I did anything special. I just think that I cared and I tried and I, I worked hard to build relationships and to learn. And one thing I try to do in these situations is, you know, show a little vulnerability around the athletes. Let them get to know me. I'm not a closed book. Um, and have them, you know, and show, hey, if I make a mistake, I make a mistake. How can I be better? Ask them a lot about how they're feeling. What what do you think works? Um, because not every exercise, not everything we do is going to be good for every athlete. A squat, yeah, we all love to squat. Squats are great. But sometimes putting a bar on somebody's back might not be the best thing for them. We, not, I mean, we need to find something else for that person. And within a team, it's a bunch of individuals. And you've got to find what works for each individual.
No doubt, man. And I'm, that's a really interesting spot because it's three really big and different um, construction plans, right? When it comes to yep. building that relationship with the weight room where you're talking about a team that had no part of it, a team that was, let's just nicely say, ignorant to the equipment, and a team that really felt kind of left out and was a sport that you being from New Mexico had never seen before. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the people before me with rowing did as good a job as they could. I mean, I think they did a good job with them, but it was just hard because there's so many people and it's just so tough to to train them that way. And I think I took a genuine interest in what they were doing as a sport. I really liked the sport. Well, that's super important. So then, fast forwarding after that, we jump across the country and we head back to the left coast. Yep. So, so let's talk about that spot. Let's talk about your time out in California a bit. Your second yeah, think, time out in California. Yeah, second time out in California. The time I spent, uh, I gave, um, I, I got to Santa Clara in October 2016. And I had the privilege of working under Bob Medina. And anybody who knows strength and conditioning knows Coach Medina spent 22 years in the league in the NBA with the Portland Trailblazers. He's, he's a great coach, but an even better man. And to have the opportunity to work for him, you immediately learn something. He's full of knowledge. He's full of He's full of knowledge. He's also full of sharing. He'll share anything. He wants to talk to anybody. One thing I noticed is how kind he was to everybody, how he went out of his way to make sure whether you were the athletic director or his intern, that you got treated the same. And um, that was the first thing that I think I really saw was everybody's involved. He wants everybody involved. Nobody's better than anybody else. And, you know, interns, they're, they're living in Northern California summer or basically moving out there and working part-time jobs, living in a closet. And, you know, it's so expensive up there too. You're talking Silicon Valley, one of the most expensive areas in the country. And, um, you know, we have kids emailing us from, I had an intern from Iowa who just drove out there to intern at Santa Clara and it's hard. So you want to give them something in return and, you can't give them anything monetary, monetary, but you can certainly give them an experience and you can give them something that they can take with them and grow from. And that was something that he really taught me. Um, but, you know, I got the opportunity to work for him and I immediately took on women's basketball and volleyball. And volleyball was a team that um, their coach at the time, he wasn't necessarily bought into the weight room as much. He'd been through some stuff. He was... And it wasn't like he didn't support it. He just wasn't that trusting. And, you know, he was at a stage where I think, you know, his time was running out if he didn't win. And um, I came in and we talked. And luckily, his assistant coach was very open to it and pushed, hey, give the weight room a shot. It's a new staff. It's a new regime. And we started with just taking the freshmen. So at the end of their season, since I came in October, um, and – also, the stress level is high. When I interviewed, they were on like a nine-match winning streak. They had just knocked off like a top-10 team. Um, and then when I got there, which is like a month after my interview, they hadn't won a match since. So it just went from highest of highs to the lowest of lows. And so we said, 
let's just get the freshmen in here. And so I started training the freshmen and the upperclassmen, I'm like, hey, keep doing what you've been doing. We'll talk about changes after your season. Just get through your season. Slowly but surely, a few of the upperclassmen are like, hey, can you write us stuff? We want to make our changes now. So, yeah, great. And then um, it went from there. And then after the season, a lot of the players started coming in. Um, one girl in particular um, who had struggled with serious, serious injuries and just too many to mention. I mean, she was just always injured. It was really sad. And she was fighting so hard to get back. And um, she came to me and she's like, she's like, I need to get back. What do I do? How can I get stronger? So I got with our athletic trainer and who was really, really good. Um, and that's another thing that I failed to even mention. The relationship with athletic trainers has got to be spot on when, when, we're, when you're building something because there's so many components to it. And if the athletic trainer and the strength coach aren't on the same page, we're in, we're in big trouble. But uh, so this girl comes to me and one thing always stuck out. And she says, she says to me, she says, I said, hey, we're going to get you there. We're going to get you there. She's like, yeah, I believe in it. I believe in you. And I was like, huh? I've known you for like a month. How can you, you know, like it, it took me back because, and I don't tell that story often, but uh, after that, I was like, you know, there's now it's on, let's go, let's build this thing. And um, I spent about a year and a half of volleyball. I was there. Um, and we had some of the best training sessions we could get, got to a point where I traveled with them half their matches and we built this program up. We had a top five win against or top 10 win against Kansas when I was there. Um, so I guess the point of my story is it's just about being available. It's about being a resource to these athletes. Um, and that girl I talked to, her name is uh, Anna. We still, we still talk to this day. Um, we, we talk probably once every few weeks on, uh, and just, you know, she's going to graduate and, June, they're on the quarter system out there. She's going to graduate in June and go to go get her master's degree. And, you know, she made it basically after I left. She kept getting stronger, kept working. And, you know, she played her last two years of college volleyball. And I told her, I said, I said you won because you played. I said, I don't care if you played one minute or the entire match. You won because you played and because you showed so much heart and passion getting to that point. Well, I love it, man, because, uh, you know, along the way, that's another interesting predicament slash building project that you've been through. So now let's fast forward here to your time in the great state of Virginia, <laughs> the, the Commonwealth here. How is how have these 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 stops along the way prepared you for, you know, the, a building process in the ACC? Um there's really nothing I haven't seen or haven't experienced. I've just, I've just been through so much, both good and bad that it's taught me. I think the biggest thing it's taught me is patience and to stick to the plan. If something doesn't work and I'm not talking X's and O's, I mean, you're always adapting your strength and conditioning program. You're always adapting what you're doing to meet the needs of, of your athletes and what your coaches and what your team is trying to accomplish with while staying within your general philosophy. But it's taught me just to stay with the plan. Don't get frustrated. If you have an athlete that may, that may not be responding to you the way you want them to, you got to give it time. You got to build that relationship. You know, I think 
I don't know if you've experienced this. A month feels like a year sometimes. Like it just feels like you've once you're in, you're in and you just keep going and going and going. And um, you lose all track of time, especially during basketball season. I don't know what I don't know if it's Monday or Friday or whatever it is. I just know by our schedule. Um, Dude, I don't even know if it's day or night. Most of the time you go in when it's dark and you come out when it's dark. Is it like, was it a day or did I just like walk in and turn around, you know? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I mean, I was, we were at practice on Saturday afternoon. I'm like looking outside. I see some light coming through our window and then I look up. I'm like, wow, it's dark. When did that happen? But, uh, you know, I just, I've learned to just trust the process and be consistent in everything I do. And I talk to the athletes about all that all the time. It's all about consistency. It's all about consistency. And um, every day, be consistent with your training. Be consistent with your recovery. Be consistent with your treatments. Be consistent with how you work. Be consistent with how you treat your body away from you. Eat right. Sleep right. Put good things in your body. Um, don't wake up at noon for a one o'clock practice and have nothing in your system because you're not going to have a good practice that day. So, um you know, I'm real fortunate here. We have a really good um, sports nutrition department that's taking a lot of pressure off me now. I don't have to do a lot of that that nutrition counseling. And we have, you know, I can just kind of piggyback off what they say. So that's been really helpful for me. Um, something new that I'm not used to really having. But uh, I think the biggest thing has just taught me patience. And I think it's maturity along the way, um, knowing that it's not going to happen tomorrow. It's not going to happen next week. It's going to take time. There's going to be highs and lows. It's an ebb and a flow. And I think also the other thing it's taught me is um, that you can't get wrapped up in wins and losses as a strength coach. And I think I may have ta- I think I talked about this on uh, my thoughts Monday with you a few years back. Is is as strength coaches we 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 can't get ups- we can get upset. We can be sad, sad if we lose, but we can't show that the next day. They're going to come in. They're going to train. They're going to get yelled at by the coaches. They're going to get yelled at in the filmer. They're going to see all the stuff they did wrong. We have to be that positive resource for them. When they come in, whether we win or we lose, we're going to have to be the same. We're going to have to stay that same person, that consistent force for them. Because um, as I tell them, I tell athletes all the time, the sun's going to come out tomorrow. Whether you win or whether you lose, the sun's going to come out. You're going to, you know, you're going to have life to live. You're going to have real life problems. You're going to have things that you have to take care of. It's just a game at that point. Get ready for the next one. No doubt, man. You guys have had a pretty challenging schedule to build off of and a lot of travel and a lot of things going. So let's talk about that now, now that we're in the season. Let's talk about the building and handling of of a college basketball team and especially the building and handling of a new college basketball team. Yep. Yeah. So I, I came in late. I came in mid July. Um, and it's, it, I had about two and a half weeks to train them before they went home for August break. They got about three weeks off for August, um, to go home, be with their families before it got crazy. So I was able to just start building something and I started the process and we left and then came back, started the process again, dealing with a lot of newcomers, on, and a lot, it's kind of split, a lot of newcomers and a lot of fourth years. Um, and so it was trying to find that balance of, okay, how can I get these newcomers in, but how can I keep the fourth years moving? And it was just there was a lot of moving parts and um, introducing them to a new type of training as well as some stuff that they haven't done before. 
Um, and that was something that was very, you know, I don't say tricky, but I tread lightly on that. I, I wasn't going to throw massive amounts of change on at one time. It was going to be piece by piece, little by little. And I think September was a big month for us. I think we had a really good September month. I kept them going in October and then we started the season. And luckily I know there's some places that don't like to train in season. We're not one of those. We train in season. We have a good, a good routine of two times a week of lifting in season. And, um, they're very regimented and disciplined. You know, they come into the weight room every day before, before practice and do their soft tissue work, um, do any kind of their flexibility, mobility work. And then by the time I get them on the court, they've done all that. All I have to do is my dynamic warm up, and we're good to go. Um, so that makes it really easy on me that they're so disciplined and regimented. Um, I think the travel, new travel is a big challenge because I mean, this is different kind of travel and it's a different game schedule, you know, conferences, I think Thursday, Sunday are our games. So, and it's a lot of, you know, if we play on a Thursday, we'll leave on a Wednesday, come back Thursday night, practice Friday, practice Saturday, and either leave Saturday or get ready to play at home on Sunday. And then Monday's off. So you got to plan the training around that and know that the day after a game is really important time to train, but they're going to be tired and you got to approach them a different way. And lifts have to be modified in that sense. And you have to be ready to that, that nothing is set in stone. Um, that sometimes you're going to have to adapt on the fly just because it's on their sheet. Doesn't mean we're going to do it that day. You might get a call five minutes for a lift. Hey, so-and-so has got a bad knee. Don't squatter today. Um, so-and-so's hamstrings are tight. Be careful with that. So you just learn to adapt little things like that. Um, Nothing new. I mean, I jumped into Santa Clara in October, like I said, and I was with women's basketball. They were the start of their season. And that was a program that didn't have a lot of resources. So travel was much more difficult. I didn't travel with them all the time. So I had to trust athletic trainers for the warm up. I had to trust the players to do more on their own. So um, here I can be with them a lot and I can really, you know, I can be on the road, have meals with them, talk to them, try to you know, get to know them a little better. It's a little bit easier in that regard. Yeah. And then that really helps get them to buy in and be involved in and understand and communicate about all those other things that you've already brought up. Yeah, exactly. Um, oh, go ahead. No. So, so then how, how does that then impact the decisions made going forward? Now, you know, obviously working with the sports med staff, but now, that you're completely engulfed in a situation where you are around these young women all the time. How do those relationships then drive some of these decisions as we move forward? It's kind of like doing an RPE scale without doing an RPE scale. It's just talking to them every day. Um, now, you know, we have the catapult system here, so that's really helpful. So I can watch their load and I can go to a player who may have a very high workload in a game and say, Hey, how are you feeling today? Are you really sore? Um, I, it's also about giving them a lot of options in the weight room. I try to do that, especially get in season say, okay, today, you know, you got a choice. If you want a hex bar deadlift, you can hex bar deadlift. If you want a goblet squat, you can goblet squat. If you want a back squat, you can back squat here are what your options are. You know, go five by five in the goblet or four by five on the squat. Here's what, here, here's your options. What's best for you today? And as I get to know them, I know that I can trust them to make the right decisions that is going to be best for them. And I think I've got a really good group here that 
top to bottom, I can say to I can say to a player, hey, how are you feeling today? And they'll be real honest. I'm really sore. You know, I'm really, really sore today. I'm not, I'm just, I'm just beat up. So, okay, well, why don't we today, let's, let's back off a little bit. You know, let's not, let's not go heavy, heavy with you. And it's nice to have 11 athletes instead of 200 when I can really do that. And I don't have to be running around like a chicken with my head cut off. But it's just about building the trust and, 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 and learning them and talking to them and, you know, getting to know them. No doubt. So now let's let's look at you know Jeremy now. In, in twenty when this comes out, it'll be twenty twenty. It's scary to say. Wow. What are what are some things that you know now that you think that these young coaches need to have a better understanding of? That are some things that you think could have helped you along the way that you've learned in these six different stops. <sighs> patience. I mean, I think patience is the big thing. Is I think. Early on, I just wanted everything to happen. It just, it was supposed to happen. Um, you know, I was supposed to be where I'm not. You know, like, why have I, why have I not gotten there? Why haven't I gotten a look at this job that I want or that job that I want? Or, you know, why aren't these kids buying in? Why don't they want to lift? Why don't they like this? It's all about patience. I think that's the first and foremost. I think second thing is being adaptable, being very, very, very adaptable. Um, and by that, I mean, having your philosophy, knowing what works for you, but knowing that you might have to adapt that every day. Um, you know, everything used to be real black and white with me. Okay. Monday is a lower body dominant day. We're going to squat and we're going to do this and this next day is an upper body dominant day. Sometimes it doesn't work like that. We're in an imperfect world. I think, you know, talk a lot about undulating periodization. I think we're in an undulating periodization world of strength and conditioning. Especially, you know, with these with these seasons and with how much time is we we see them, but sometimes we don't see them for a month at a time. So you can't just throw them back. So sometimes you have a plan, and that plan gets it's like when you get when you get an F on a paper, there's red marks everywhere, and that's kind of what my yearly plan looks like. I have the plan, then there's red marks it works. I'm constantly changing it, and I think the biggest thing that I've learned in my stops is being be accessible. Um, be open to, you know, be open to learning about your athletes, let them learn about you, but don't work yourself to the bone. Don't spend 80, 90 hours a week working. There's a life outside of the weight room. There's life that needs to be lived and you don't have to be there all the time just because just to be there. I mean, I think it's like you could work 80 hours a week, but are you working? Or are you just sitting at work? And, um, you know, I've learned over the years that you know, when, when, when you can get out, you get out. When, you know, like days like this during finals week when you don't have practice and you can be away from the office, you don't have to work from 7 to 7 or 7 to 5. You can get out of there. Take the time to get out of there. Go explore. I mean, I think, you know, I've been in a lot of spots and you have the privilege of seeing a lot of different places and cool places and you want to go experience that. Um, I think I learned a lot of that at Santa Clara too. You know, my athletes were – very important to me there. And I think I mentioned to you uh, before we started that, you know, they've had a huge impact on me and they taught me that too. They're like, are you still here? Get out of here. You know? And um, that was really important. Love it, man. Two huge freaking messages that a lot of people, present company included, need to take some better, better attention to, you know, it's the whole idea of patience and then, you know, 
living outside a bit is big time. Jeremy, can't thank you enough for your time today, man. This is some killer stuff. I, I think people are really going to love it. No, I appreciate it. And real quick while I'm on here, I want to thank you for this. And, you know, I do want to mention, like I told you, um, there's a, some athletes at Santa Clara that have been very supportive of me. Um, when I left there, it was a personal reason to leave. I had personal issues I was dealing with. They were so supportive and been so supportive of my move here. It's funny. We watch each other's games. Um, we follow, like, they follow UVA women's basketball on Instagram. Um, and, you know, the women's basketball team over there, I still talk to them. I was joking around with them that, like, I was watching their game the other night and took a picture of watching it and sent it to them. Like, hey, I'm watching you guys. Go get it. And that's what's really helped me move forward and be, you know, and be successful and, you know, and learn. So I want to take a moment to thank all of them, you know, uh, for all they've done for me. Awesome, man. That's rad, brother. Well, I appreciate it, Jeremy. Always great catching up and chopping it up, brother. It's great to see you. I'm glad you're doing great, man. And we'll be in touch soon. Yeah, you too. Hey, I'll come on and swing by and check out the facility. Awesome, man. Can't, can't wait. Right, we'll see you, brother. Later. See you, man. Bye. And a huge thanks to Jeremy Golden for spending the time with us today. Guys, some open, honest, candid sharing. And to be honest, those two lessons about being patient and being adaptable are really worth their weight in gold. And it's something that, you know, Jeremy's not alone there. I, it's one thing that I really wish that I would have had a better wraparound when I started too because sometimes we want it all and we want it right away and it's it just doesn't happen that way. So, Jeremy, truly grateful for your time. Keep up the great work over there in Charlottesville, brother. Uh, I truly appreciate everything that you're doing and, and all the work you're doing and sharing and driving us all to be better. And as always, guys, if you did enjoy the talk, please share it through a social media outlet of your choice, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever it may be, as always. We're just trying to get the best information out there to all the great coaches that we can. And as always, guys, thank you for everything that you do for us here at Central Virginia Sport Performance. We will be back next week with another awesome guest. We will see you then.